Awesome God, where do I even begin to try and speak some words and direct your hearts to our awesome God? The only one, the only reality in our world that is due the awe that our human hearts can render. Awesome God, or perhaps better, it is enough to just say God. For that name, that thought, that concept encapsulates all of life, everything that exists. The story starts with Him. Your story, my story, our story, the God of the Bible. In the beginning was God. Or as Paul says, He is before all things and in Him all things hold together. Self-existing, transcendent, all-powerful and filled with unimaginable, almighty, creative power to create us. You and me. And then He places inside of us the ability to feel, to feel awe. We can sense it, we can identify it, and we can use language to express such awe. Yet one cannot help but think that our language falls short to describe fully the indescribable. But praise be to Him for the gift of language to direct our minds and our hearts to our awesome God. Awesome, a word that has perhaps lost its power and its true essence in a world that describes even the most mundane or smallest of things that amuses human minds as awesome. How awesome is that song? Or the new PlayStation is awesome. Perhaps we describe our awesome meal or a beautiful place, a holiday or our new phone. For something or someone to be awesome it has to invoke a sense of awe. As the dictionary describes it, a sense of awe is a feeling of reverence mixed with fear or wonder. Reverence mixed with fear and wonder. And when we think, read or speak about our awesome God, are our hearts captivated still with reverence? In the language of the Bible, reverence is described as holy caution, piety, and the fear of God. Fear is the feeling of being afraid and wonder is the amazement and admiration caused by something remarkable and unfamiliar. Reverence, fear and wonder. And these three ideas together places on our lips the word awe. To live and to be in the awe of God is to be and live rightly. The stories of those who has gone before us shows us how we in our limited humanity react to such reverence, fear and wonder. In the light of the one who says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. When he appeared to men in the Bible times, we see the result is always the same. An overwhelming sense of terror, a wrenching sensation of sinfulness and just how small we are. When God spoke, Abram stretched himself upon the ground to listen. When Moses saw the Lord in the burning bush, he hid his face. And Isaiah's vision of God made him cry out, Woe is me! And his confession, I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And John, 
the one who believes to have laid on Jesus' lap in rest, has unprecedented revelation of Jesus Christ on the island Patmos. And when he sees Jesus, he falls as if one that is dead. Reverence and fear. Yet when we are enlightened in the words of the word of our God, it says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life, turning a person's heart from the snares of death. Such a healing fear to drink at our awesome God's fountain. Such awe, let it be upon us, our hearts, our souls, and even our bodies, that when we stand in the presence of awesome God, the one who dwells in unapproachable light, that we will bow, that we would fall down as though dead, because we get to commune with the self-existing, transcendent, almighty, perfect one. And therein rests the wonder, not just reverence and fear, but reverence and wonder, that we can boldly approach this God, His mercy seat, His throne, His place of holy dwelling, that we can commune with such an awesome God. Such awe it puts in our heart, reverence and fear on the one side and reverence and wonder on the other. And now today, the chasm between fear and wonder have been crossed. The cross, the cursed tree, where our Redeemer died, the death we should have died, and we were offered life. As the author of the letter to the Hebrews encouraged those who were in times of trial, he writes this, We have come to Mount Zion and the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festive gathering, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant that has sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. Not just the words reverence and fear, but also the words reverence and wonder. Wonder that He would reach down and save us. Wonder that this awesome, unapproachable God has an arm that is not too short to save and an ear that is not too deaf to hear. But He listens, He looks, He reaches out and He saves. Hebrews continue with these words, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and let us offer to our awesome God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Acceptable worship. To live and to be in the awe of God is to live offering acceptable worship. We worship that which captivates our hearts. And when we speak about our awesome God, we have to stop and ask the question, what are we awed by? You see, the human heart is a battleground for worship. Other things, be it good or bad, can awe us to the extent that we lose the battle of acceptable worship in our hearts and we lose the awe of God. What are you awed by? Be it good or bad? What creates in you a sense of reverence, leading you to either fear or to wonder? And might just keep you away from the awe of Him where our awe is to be rightfully placed. Your minds, your thoughts, your actions, your words will spring from that which you stand in awe of. And when it's Him, the words awesome God is not just a statement of belief, but it becomes a way 
of life, to live and move and have our entire being in Him. I ask again, what are you awed by? Are you awed by our awesome God? Or maybe by some other but lesser good thing, things of wonder, like a person or a place, a home, a career or a dream. Maybe you are awed by some negatives, fear-creating things like the economy, depression, your brokenness, lack, crime, a disease, loss of life, death. Even death stands in awe of our awesome God. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Stop for a moment and ask, what am I awed by? To live and to be in the awe of God is to be and live rightly. And it's not to live in an impersonal manner at all. Out of duty, out of have-tos, the psalmist in the 33rd Psalm invites us to balance our awe rightly and personally. He writes this, He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of His mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap. He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. And I say that again. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. And in stark contrast to this awe of this awesome God, the psalmist invites us to consider the things that this earthly world brings to us and so easily awes us. The ways and plans of man. He writes this, The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations. The King is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse is a false hope for salvation and by its great might it cannot rescue. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Choose him. Choose living in awe of him as the very thing that people will remember about your life. The legacy and the inheritance that you leave behind is that you were not in awe of your own plans or even the council of nations, your own strength as a warrior or the wisdom of the king, but that you were in awe of our awesome God. I ask one more time, what are you awed by? The psalmist concludes in Psalm 33, Our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Be awed by Him. Be awed by His steadfast love. Be awed by the hope that He brings. He has made a way for us to be in personal, deep, intimate awe with Him. So close as the psalmist and so close as the one who reclined resting on Jesus' lap. This year, the invitation is to be and live rightly, 
to be and live in awe of our awesome God.